You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today, we're going to finish our talk with Adam, who used to be a firefighter, and we're going to talk more about what are some of the greater things about being a firefighter and some amazing things that you can experience, but also some of the risks that you take when you decide to become a firefighter. Uh, I want to thank Adam again for coming onto the podcast. He was such an amazing person to talk to, and I thought it was just really interesting how there are just so many different aspects that go into being a firefighter that you don't really think about. We also touched upon what it's like working during the coronavirus outbreak and how that has affected the job of firefighting and how firefighters can't work from home and they have to be working from outside. So they are taking on a lot of risks, but they are some of the bravest people in our community and they are amazing people and I just wanted to share some of their experiences today. So without further ado, here is the final part of what it's like being a firefighter. Thanks for listening. So I was wondering, you talked about how like, you know, you got to be good at communication skills and I would assume you would have to be extremely like fit and you got to like keep your body in shape to be a firefighter. So would you say like, schooling really helps somebody just like change them up and just get them ready for the job like just change those certain aspects that need to be changed absolutely yeah yeah it's I mean, like you're saying on, on the issue of fitness um you can't get around that in in, in this job uh it, it's it's just integral to it uh it's a physical job you, you got to be able to you know to lift heavy objects you got to be able to do very physically demanding things. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a triathlete. Um, I was, at least at the time I was a fireman, I, I was kind of middle of the road physically. You know, I was by no means the most fit guy on there. And I was by no means, you know, the, the least fit. I was kind of middle of the road. I could certainly do the job. But uh, yeah, I mean, the more fit you are, the, the easier the job will be for you and the less risk of injury you're going to have. And that's another important aspect of the job. And also when it comes to, to job seeking, that's another important process of the, of the hiring process is, is the physical test. That also comes too. So like I was saying earlier, once you apply, you know, they, they're, they're typically going to you know, ask for your certifications and then you'll, they'll usually, you'll test. A lot of times it's a written test. So you'll take a, a written test, and then you're going to have to do a physical test, okay? And then if you pass that, then they'll bring you in for for an oral an oral interview usually. And that can be uh, multiple stages. Like I've gone through ones that you're interviewing in front of a panel of people. So you're sitting there all by yourself and five people in front of you just, you know, firing questions at you, you know, and that's, that's really intimidating. You know, that's, so you got to, again, it comes down to the communication skills and, interview skills and public speaking skills and you need to be comfortable in your own skin and you need to be, you know, practice, you know, your answers and you just don't want to show up and, and, and not have thought it through because it's not going to look good for you. You'll be unprepared. You will look unprepared. So, so yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these, these aspects teach you s- super important life skills ultimately, you know, like I talked about, you know, teamwork and, you know, and developing communication skills and, and accountability and responsibility, you know, like it's, 
it all always ultimately falls on you. You know, you gotta you gotta pull your own weight to get the job. You gotta put in the time to, to get the job, and then and you gotta do all those things to keep the job. You know, and so it's it's it was a huge formative thing for my life, and it made me who I am, and and it made me as, as successful as I am, to be honest. I mean. Uh, I use the, the the fire service as a springboard to go on to to other things, and um, so thankfully I was able to get into a career now where you know my income basically quadrupled from what it was wow. as a fireman. So, mm-hmm. but I could not have done that, and I would not be where I am now without learning what I learned as a fireman, you know, mm-hmm. and, and learning the, the importance of of, uh, you know, accountability to yourself and to your, and to your crew and to your family, you know, and, and, and doing what needs to be done to, to, to get the job done and to bring home money. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wanted to touch upon that aspect upon like the two different places that you worked in, like a metropolitan area and a rural area. Do you think that you made enough to have a decent living? Yeah, so the smaller communities, you're going to get paid less usually. Um, and again, it, it depends on the on the state and and because and the taxation structures. Um, you know, some there are some rural districts out there that get paid great. Like you know, depending on like so, if you work in a ski resort community that's flush with cash, like Vale, you're going to get paid just fine. Don't worry, you know. But if yeah, but if you're in rural Mississippi, you're not going to get paid much at all you're going to struggle you know so it really kind of depends on on the location and i get i get the cost of living of the environment that you're that you're living and working in so you know so for example you know the guys in california they they get paid pretty well you know it's it's quite common for for firefighter paramedics there to make well over a hundred thousand dollars a year but their cost of living there is yeah. drastically higher than than most other states. So it's kind of a wash. But now here in Texas, uh, especially in southeast Texas where I live, the cost of living is, is drastically lower and and housing's lower, food's lower, energy's lower, and pay is pretty good. It's pretty decent. So, you know, you can you can get by a lot better here, you know. But but I would also say that, you know, the fire service is, is first and foremost, uh, you know, a labor of love. You know, like you're not going to get rich doing it. If, if you're getting in it to do that, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not how it is. It's, it's now there are plenty of firemen that I know that, that have known through the years that did really well. You know, I've known firemen that became millionaires. Now they didn't do that because they were firemen, they did that because of the time off that the job allowed them. They used that opportunity wisely. So a lot of firemen, or if not most professional firemen, have side jobs. And when I worked in Utah, a lot of the guys I worked with had side businesses in construction. Some of them were general contractors. Some of them, you know, did finished carpentry. Some of them did, you know, stuff like that. And so, and a lot of them made just as much money or more on the side as they did, you know, as a fireman. And and they considered their coming to work as a fireman to be their kind of their easy time off. Because <laughs> they just come and have some fun with the boys and, you know, run a few calls and, you know, have a few laughs. And it was great. So, 
they weren't dependent upon that income, you know, to put food on the table. It was kind of a, just a side bonus. So yeah. if you use that time wisely, um, which is what I did, you know, I, I went to school, you know, and I uh, became an RN. And then after that, I, I went into nurse anesthesia, you know, so I, you know, use it to my advantage. And I ultimately ended up getting out of the fire service just because it just didn't make sense to really kind of yeah. stay in there when the, when the income arbitrage was just hugely different, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And for my last question, I wanted to ask about um, your advice to a teenager that likes what they're hearing and they want to go into this profession. What would you say your advice is to them? And after all, all these like shelter in places and these lockdowns are over, when places are open again, what would you say are like some good opportunities for teenagers to get into? Well, if you're a teenager right now and, you, and you're lo really looking to get into this, like I've kind of said, um, you got to look at your at your current environment. What does your community have to offer you? I mean, uh, is it volunteer only, or do you live in a city that has paid opportunities? And start there. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with with starting as a volunteer. I mean, most people do that, and I think that's I think that's a really important aspect of it. Is you know you got to get in there and put your time in and. And, uh, and and start learning for nothing for free, you know, and or even at even at your own expense, you know, you you got to kind of start building your resume that way. So, plus it's just it's a great social environment and it's a it's a nice opportunity to to network and to learn. So start looking at those opportunities first. You look for volunteering. You know, start looking for academies. You know. What are the education requirements, you know, for the the districts that you might want to work for? What certifications do they require? You know, do they offer their own academies? If they don't, where, where are the local academies I can go to? How do I get trained? And if you have a hard time finding these answers, you know, there's thankfully now a lot of online communities. You know, um, Reddit has a good um, our firefighting, um, it's a pretty good community, you know, for, for Reddit, you know, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's actually a, it's a pretty good, you know, uh, community of guys on there and they're, and they're helpful and they're willing to help, you know, you know, up and coming guys on there and gals, you know, uh, they're willing to do that. And so, you know, start reaching out to people. Um, even if it means, you know, call your local fire station and ask them, you know, Hey, I'm interested in this, you know, what, what do you recommend? And, that's really what it comes down to is just you got to put the time in. You got to make the calls. You got to start doing your homework, start doing your research. Um, it's not as simple as like going down to the local job works or, you know, local staffing agency and say, I want to be a fireman. They're going to say, mm -hmm. sorry, we, we don't have nothing to do with that. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of it's going to be, you, you have to put in your own time, but yeah, it'll be worth yeah. it though. It's, 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 it's a very rewarding and it's a very good career. Um, mm -hmm. And it provides you with a tremendous amount of opportunity, um, even beyond, you know, what, what you'll make there as a salary and, you know, what you'll learn there. It, it, you'll learn so much more um, just on a, a, from the ancillary side of it. All these skills that you'll, life skills that you'll pick up. Like mm -hmm. I learned how to cook there as, as, you know, working in a fire department. I learned how to, you know, do maintenance on, on vehicles. I learned how to do a lot of these other life skills that aren't necessarily yeah. directly related to the job, but are just an ancillary learning opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, and, and plus there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, other advantages too. I mean, you're going to get to see 
and do and learn things that that very few people are going to get to to do. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're going to get to like, for example, learn about your community, like what it's really like. If you want to see what a community is really like, you want to pull the veil off. Okay. And look behind. Go go work for an EMS service. Go you know work on the fire department, and you're going to see all walks of life. You'll deal with everybody, and so it's a great way to to learn you know a lot about life and a lot about death. You know, not to be macabre, but but that's just true. You're going to see you know horrible things. You're going to see tragic things, and you're going to learn that that life isn't what you necessarily mm-hmm. think it is right now and that reality isn't necessarily what you think it is and and you know some people do really well with that and, and learn from that and some people struggle from that and are traumatized by that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> and to bring you back to your, your last part of your question about the current pandemic crisis that we're dealing in um, you know it's 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 not a good time to be in the fire service right now it's really scary, and to be, mm-hmm. you know, honest, I'm glad I'm not in it right now because they're at great risk right now. Okay, mm-hmm. they they are they don't have a choice. When that bell rings, you have to go. You have mm-hmm. to do it. Okay, you're you're not just honor bound, but even somewhat legally bound. You have a duty to respond now. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to go, and that means you you have to accept those risks, and that's part of the job. And unfortunately, when you're dealing with this hazard right now that we have of this virus that uh, is is very infectious and it's invisible and it's and it's seemingly everywhere. Um, that's that's part of the gig too. Is mm-hmm. is the risk? You know, that's part of the downside. Is the risk? You know, it this yeah. job the job can take a physical toll on you. It can you can get injured injured you know you can uh, have increased dramatically increased risk of cancer because you're exposed to carcinogens smoke hazardous materials you know you're exposed to pathogens you know I was uh, sickened many times working in EMS where I was exposed to people who were sick and and I got sick from them it wow. happens so uh, it's part of the part of the, the gig too it's not all fun and games mostly mm-hmm. fun and games but but it's not all fun and games you know it's mm-hmm. uh there is a downside and that's mm-hmm. that's part of it and unfortunately now you know we're seeing um that borne out before all of our eyes that mm-hmm. um that death is and 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 and, and illness are ever present you know mm-hmm. um people who work in EMS and, and people who work in, in fire service and in healthcare we know that we see it. It's part of our job, but for people in the general public now, they're just now getting to see that the veil kind of pulled back a little bit, and about how they, they thought that you know their reality was that everything's safe all the time, and and that you know bad things rarely ever happen. If they do happen, they happen somewhere else, and not here, not in my home, not in my community, you know, not in my family. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's getting a gigantic reality check at the mm-hmm. same time, and it's. Uh, it's going to be quite uncomfortable and, and anxiety-producing for most people, um, mm-hmm. if not for everybody. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's, it makes me nervous, too, and, and I mm-hmm. fully understand what's going on. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I also know that, uh, you know, one thing I learned from my time in EMS and then my time in fire service is that, you know, nobody gets off of this ride alive. You know, mortality is, a, is an ever-present reality, whether you 
you know, whether you like, like to acknowledge it or not, you will be faced with it one day. And so <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. act accordingly, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to just touch upon the coronavirus um, aspect a little bit. So how have fire stations changed? Um, you know, a lot of jobs you can work from home, but this one, it's not like that. So nope. yeah, how has it changed now that um, the whole world is like inside of their house, inside of their homes? But... Yeah. <clears throat> so from what I've seen within the local community, um, uh, these guys now, they have like everywhere else in the United States, we have a big problem with, with access to personal protective equipment, um, especially the really needed stuff like N95 masks. Okay. So it's, uh, these guys, like I said, you know, there's people are dying in their homes right now as we speak. I mean, uh, we know that, you know, you can just look at the data coming out of New York City where, you know, last week, you know, on one, on one day, New York City ran over 6,000 calls, more than more than on 9-11. Wow. So wow. the volume is, of calls is going up quite a bit, you know, and it's going to continue to go up as this pandemic plays out. And that risk goes up with it, it both in, in, in the personal exposure of having to go into these people's homes and, in the, in the, and to be within their physical presence, you know, and having to do, to do invasive medical procedures like intubation, endotracheal intubation. That's one of the most dangerous procedures you can do right now in healthcare is to, is to intubate somebody. Because you're having to get your face close to their face, and you're, their airways right there, you know, in front of you. And if they, you know, so those those aerosolizations can come out and infect you. And we know that that the viral load or the inoculating dose that you receive, okay, so the amount of infection you get, you know, can determine the course of your illness. So if you just get a very minor inoculating dose from a few particles wafting through the air versus I get a, a, a droplet coughed into my eye, you know, that's a mm-hmm. massively different viral load. And we know that the person with the higher viral load is going to have a worse outcome. They're going to do worse. They're going to get sicker. And uh, so it's a dangerous time right now to be mm-hmm. uh, in healthcare, in in pre-hospital care, in EMS, in the fire service. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, we don't have a choice. You know, it's uh, the bell rings, you got to go. You, The job's got to be done. Some, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just part of the gig is you accept the responsibilities. You know, we don't run from it. We acknowledge it, you know, and we know what happens. Uh, you know, we like to, we like to pretend it won't happen to us, but it does happen. You know, I've, I've lost friends personally within the industry. Um, you're not currently with the, given the pandemic, but, but in the past, you know, people have been, been mm-hmm. killed. Um, and it happens and it's awful, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. A pleasure. Talking about what it's like being a firefighter, the good sides and the bad sides. But, um, you know, you're really good at, explaining things you have that really good like instructor um voice and tone where like you lay out everything where like somebody that doesn't know anything can really understand what they're listening about so that was really a great appreciate that yeah yeah and um i can tell like you know you're really passionate about helping people and you really love 
doing that, whether it's like, you know, in the field or just helping people with wanting to find out what they want to do, like with anything people yeah. with what it's like being a firefighter. So, um, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, sir. Thanks for listening to the major jobs podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at major jobs podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at major jobs podcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major. If applicable again, thanks for listening. And remember life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.